You are listening to the Better Together podcast, brought to you by the National Association of Free Will Baptists. Welcome to the Better Together podcast, where we look for ways we can work together to advance the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today, we have with us Pastor Mike Cox. He's the pastor of H2O Church in Birmingham, Alabama, and he has been there for the past 23 years. So, Pastor Cox, thank you so much for taking the time to join us here on the Better Together podcast. Thank you. I'm excited to be back with you again. uh, It was good seeing you at the National here recently. It's good seeing you, my friend. And we need to point out you are good at pointing out good restaurants in Birmingham, Alabama. So folks need to go and they need to check that podcast out if they can. And I feel like, Mike, we need to do a podcast on longevity in the pastorate. But uh, that's not what we've come together for today, is it? No, sir. I'm excited about the topic you asked me to speak about. Well, look, I am so excited about what you're doing there in Birmingham and excited about this uh, ministry to people that are entangled in uh, various situations. Uh, Tell us a bit about your recovery ministry that you have there at H2O. Well, God opened up this door uh, just this past year. Um, We are, our church is actually relocating and, in the community in which we're going to, there's a neighborhood just back behind our property there that uh, there's a lot of poverty there, but you can tell there's a lot of drug addicts in that community. And I've heard over my 23 years here to not drive through that community, um, a lot of drug dealers and drug use, and that has been in that community for a number of years. Um, And so really I've kind of avoided it like everyone else has, but God was showing me, Hey, if you're going to be in this area, you cannot ignore uh, this neighborhood. And so I started driving through the neighborhood and I saw that there not only was drug addiction there, but I mean, it's people there. I mean, these are people. And God began to burden my heart. And I began praying in January, and February last year that God would give us a place right in the middle of that neighborhood. Um, in April, I got a phone call from a lady that was the president of a nonprofit. And she said that she had heard about our church and wanted to know if they could turn over their nonprofit ministry to us to operate. It included the community park there, included a community center right in the middle of that neighborhood with two buildings and uh, all the property and resources to operate for three years. Mm -hmm. And uh, so God answered my prayer, gave us a place. Then I started praying for workers. And within the next couple of months, we had some new people join our church that came to me and said, we've got a burden for recovery ministry. So God just put everything in place for us getting started. Oh, that's great. So there was a problem and it's been a problem for many, many years. Uh, A lot of times we just talk about problems, but you guys start to think about solutions and, and now you've taken action and, I think there's a key phrase you mentioned that this lady said she had heard about your church. And so she had heard about what you were trying to do. And I think that's a big lesson for all of us too, when we're doing these kinds of things, people hear about it and and want to get involved. But um, I would suspect this has been quite a, a difficult ministry. So talk to us a bit about you know, what kinds of things you've seen and what kinds of things you're doing with the people in that, in that community and how it's changing their lives. 
Well, God has given me some awesome workers and uh, I God laid this on my heart, but he sent workers that had the same heart and jumped in. And I told them at the beginning, uh, kind of like Martha and Mary, sometimes one has a desire that the other doesn't. And I said, now, not everybody in our church is going to see the need or for this ministry and be involved in it. Um, but it was I was getting messages from individuals uh, who heard about us beginning this ministry. And they said, my children live there. Um, they were starting to send me pictures before pictures, after pictures of their sons and daughters uh, that are now addicted on drugs. And they were begging. I could hear the heart and the plea of a parent uh, praying for their child. And uh, our hearts are just moved for that. And uh, so we began just God help us uh, to be able to reach these individuals. And um, it has been a, first of all, building relationships has been the big key. Mm. Uh, we've gone in realizing uh, there have been other church groups who've come in and never lasted. Um, they get started, they get discouraged, and they quit. And we were determined from the beginning that we are going to, we're in this long haul. Um, I mean, we're investing in this community, and we plan to be there uh, till the Lord calls us home. And so it was important for us to let people understand that, uh, that they know that we're not just here uh, temporarily. Um, and so we began first building those relationships as friendships with them and gaining their trust. Um, and so we're, we're excited for where God's taking it. We have a Thursday night class every week. And uh, this Thursday night class is open up. We first feed them and then we have the recovery time. Uh, we've got a great crew of workers that share their testimonies. Um, and it's not just for people in that neighborhood. Uh, we've got workers in our church that have, um, even though they have been 10 years clean or five years clean or 20 years clean, uh, they anybody who's been an addict and in recovery, and they will tell you it's an ongoing for the rest of their life. They need that encouragement. Um, so God has used it not just to help reach these lost people in that neighborhood, but to strengthen the ones in our church that have been saved for years and need to continue uh, to be strong over their previous addictions. Um, and then words getting out to people around other neighborhoods as well. It's good. And when you mention that, it reminds me a lot of Psalm 51. You know, David says something like uh, he want, he's repenting and he says, I want to go teach transgressors. And uh, it sounds like a lot of these workers, they're clean. They've been out of this for a while. But uh, I think I hear you saying it does something for them to be able to then continue to train and help others get out or, and stay out of out of this. This is it's remarkable, uh, Pastor Mike. So, um, what I what it sounds like what you're doing, you're providing food for them, you're providing this meeting where they hear testimonies, and um, it also sounds like the stay with it. You know, the you guys didn't go a couple of Thursdays and then stop. Uh, you've stuck with it, and probably a lot of these people have had people come in their lives and quit on them and and you're trying not to do that yes we are there um 
not just on the Thursday nights, but we are there um, when they call on us throughout the week. Hmm. And so uh, we pop in throughout the week all the time, checking on people. We planted a community garden up there to try to get them involved in. And um, any way that we can uh, let them know that we're your neighbors, uh, we're your friends. Um, sometimes those those type of communities among us are the ones that we ignore. Um, it's not the it's definitely not the fancy subdivision, and um, this is one that gets ignored. But we've gone in and showed them. We've invested and redid the park. Uh, we want them to know, hey, we recognize there's children here. We want these children to have a safe place to play. And um, we also do a Sunday afternoon service up there. Because we haven't been able, some of them have visited our church, but some of them don't have the clothes or don't feel comfortable coming. And uh, many in that particular neighborhood don't have way to bathe. Um, and so we carry the church to them on Sunday afternoons, uh, trying to get them comfortable as we can with us. And uh, main thing is to hear the gospel. That's great. So you've taken the church to them out really uh, in their environment, you're trying to change their environment as well, the gardening or having a garden for them and also trying to make the park a very hospitable place for them. So you're truly trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus, it sounds like, and presenting the word to them at the same time. Yes, sir. I think I've heard you say, do not ask someone working in recovery, how's it going? Um, so why is that? It, it, you kind of alluded to it a little bit when you said this is not the suburbs, you know, uh, shiny, happy people, if you will. Uh, mm -hmm. So was it best not to ask uh, somebody working uh, in settings like this? Hey, how's it going? That could be one of the most discouraging questions to ask because it's up and down uh, in addiction recovery. Uh, one moment is going great and you take a step forward and then you take 10 steps back. You feel like you're getting somewhere with an individual and then they relapse. And uh, we've had success stories and then we've had some sad stories. Um, we've had a young man recently growing with us, rededicate his life to Christ, and we're excited, and uh, unfortunately, he OD'd recently, and, um, but even in his death, uh, we are able now to minister to his family, and it's opened up to the community there to understand that we are, when we say we're there long term, we're there in the good and the bad, and, um, but when you ask somebody, how's it going? <laughs> Today might be a good day, but it might be a discouraging bad day, so um, overall, we kind of judge it. Uh, I just kind of, I try to keep our mind focused. I try to keep our workers, our workers, workers focused on, Hey, we got some good things. We've got a lady who's turned her life around in rehab. She's been there for months now. She got saved and baptized. We've got another lady who's got two children with her in rehab. And we're excited that we placed them there and those kids are going to have a safe environment to grow up in as their mom's getting help. And another man has been freed from alcohol and he's working on that at least. And he's, he rededicated his life to Christ. We try to remind ourselves of those stories, uh, but we're always recognizing 
at any moment we get a phone call. Uh, the police know us and they let us know when somebody there has been arrested and uh, we get calls when somebody else is OD'd and um, you just lift your head up and keep that in the hands of the Lord. Yeah. But really, if we would just think about it, that's the way life is, you know, and we as Christian workers, it's all, it's not all ups, it's ups and downs. And you're, um, you're just an example of that, trying to do something about a major problem in our country and in the world. And you're trying to bring Jesus to bear in that situation. And you are seeing fruit of it. You're seeing him make a, a difference. Yeah. Well, we're, we're excited for what God's done. As I follow Jesus ministry, we off, we talk about the crowds that were there. Very little do we ever talk about the crowds that left him. Mm -hmm. And uh, so he had good days and bad days, just like all of us do. Absolutely. And so I'm listening to this. I'm thinking maybe this is something I personally or our church would like to get involved with. Uh, what are some steps to get involved in a ministry like this? Well, certainly pray over it. Make sure it's God leading you in this direction. I've known churches that have said they hear about another church doing that and they feel like, well, let's do that. Uh, this isn't particular ministry for every single church. Um, they need laborers that understand recovery. Um, God put people in our path that are being trained in uh, counseling, um, who have the background and testimony of addiction recovery. Um, but I do encourage, I'd encourage churches, first of all, to look in your community, see the needs around you. Um, if you read every passage in the Bible about Jesus, the Bible says first thing always in those stories of where he won people to himself and people got saved and lives were changed. Every one of those stories start with this. He saw them. Mm. He saw them. He had compassion on them. And then he ministered. Good. And so first, the church has got to see it. Um, and honestly, I've been in here 23 years and I can name three particular communities, neighborhoods around our community here uh, that are infiltrated with drugs. And we have ignored them. Uh, we complain about them. We don't like it. And uh, but we have ignored it as far as ministry. Um, we hit the other areas. Um, and so God helped us to see, hey, these are living souls. These are people dying and uh, they need Christ. Um, so first of all, to see it and then to pray for laborers. Jesus said, pray for laborers. And God answers those prayers. When I began praying, I said, God, I can't. I'm a pastor. Pastors just can't keep starting new ministries and do every single ministry. So it's like God gives us a heart for a new ministry. But it's our job to pray. He'll send us the laborers to cover that new ministry. Um, and God is faithful. Uh, to provide. That's great. So you saw you had compassion and God sent you laborers. God sent you people that have had experience with this kind of thing and they have experience with counseling. Um, you've alluded to some of the pitfalls. There are ups and downs. What are other pitfalls that churches or individuals need to be aware of and think about? Well, this has been a learning process, and as any ministry you start, you need to learn as you go. Um, and so since last September, 
particularly the first nine months have been learning for us. Um, we've been learning that we can't do it on our own. Our recovery ministry has been partnering with other re rehabs and recovery ministries. And so I think it's important for church to find others who are successful, uh, to find out what they're doing, learn uh, from their mistakes and their successes, um, build uh, build a contact list. Uh, so it's important for us when an individual uh, sees their need for rehab. Uh, we are, we're our recovery ministry is a beginning plateau for them to jump off. It's a diving board. Uh, we're to help them get saved, see their need for rehab, and then help them get there. Uh, so we have to partner with detox places. Uh, we're partnered with rehab places. We have the resources where we pay the fees to help them get into those Christian-based, faith-based rehabs. Um, my prayer long-term is that God would help us have uh, kind of a halfway house once they get out of rehab, a place to come to as they get their lives back in order. Um, but I would warn uh, some pitfalls are, is to think you know it all because you're always learning. We're all things are always changing and there's always improvements to be made. Um, you need to have some practices in place. Um, we began to realize quickly that we needed guidelines. So it's easy to just say, oh, we want to rehab, let's meet. All right, we're going to meet on Thursdays, but we needed guidelines for our workers. Um, and we began to realize because people's hearts are big and they say, Hey, you know what? We, uh, I want to carry somebody home with me. Well, we're an organization, a nonprofit organization. We can't just let our workers maybe take someone home with them, uh, or individually given rides. You know, I've had individuals say, Hey, will you give me a ride here and there? And, uh, we had to set up some safety things for our workers on, uh, there's some, uh, things that we have people sign uh, to give release to get a ride somewhere. And then the two workers or more will carry that individual. And so setting up some things that protect us long-term as well uh, is vitally important. Um, and count, count the cost. There's not a ministry you're going to start. That's not going to cost something and uh, financially as well as many other ways, but, uh, there's a lot of financial costs to go into it, but God always provides. This is great. So, so basically, I think I hear you saying, Mike, is you can't do everything. So you're trying to be like an entryway and kind of like the Good Samaritan who took the wounded traveler to the inn. You're getting them to the next step, detox, rehabilitation, and got a dream of being able to do like a halfway house one day where they're coming back and on the other side of that. And sounds like you've got to have some good policies, good procedures uh, to protect the staff and actually protect the people you're trying to help too. Um, and as we're doing things a little bit like the scripture says, decently and in order, it creates opportunity for some good things to happen, doesn't it? And uh, and then it's, it's costly. It's, it's what I hear you saying. This costs a lot in time, effort, uh, you're getting invested in people, and uh, and sometimes it hurts some of the things that happen to them. Uh, so those are some of the pitfalls that I'm picking up from you as you share your heart. Yes, sir. The 
I, I give you a note on the opposite of the pitfalls that we face. Since we began this ministry, God has transformed the ministry overall of our church. And word is spread through the community that here's a church reaching out to the least of these. And when we carry out the biblical command of reaching the least of these, word spreads in the community. And we've had people out of state send donations. Uh, we've got people who are supporting that ministry, that particular ministry. And God has blessed us. And the fruit that we've experienced hasn't necessarily been just from that recovery. But God is faithful that when you carry out the Great Commission. You might knock on this door or minister in this way, but God sends the fruit over here in a whole nother way. And it has transformed our church and grown us substantially in what God is doing. That is great. And so if you want to learn more about this, I encourage you to go to churchh2o.com. Uh, there's a contact place there where you can reach out to pastor mike and his team and um pastor mike you'd be glad to try to help uh, some of our folks that are interested in this kind of ministry i'm sure and uh, it's also a way for them to reach out if they want to help out in some way isn't it yes sir i'd be glad to help and uh, i'm always apt to learn as well so i can also put them in contact with some mentors and there's many other pastors uh, around the country doing some great things like this this is great well i applaud you and those pastors that you're alluding to uh, for what you're doing we we talk a lot i think it's 100 people a day die from a drug overdose and around 122 a day from suicide and what you're trying to do is you're trying to not just talk about that we know jesus is the solution and you've taken the action to take the gospel and the in this neighborhood. And we, we appreciate what you, your workers and all of the people throughout our country uh, in the world that are trying to do ministries like this, that are so hard. Thank you. And thank you to all of them for being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. Thank you, brother. And we pray God till the Lord Jesus comes back. We will continue to win more souls. Amen. We want to thank you all who've listened to us today. We encourage you to take this podcast, share it with someone that you think might benefit. Remember, every little thing we do really does make a difference. It all counts for the body of Christ. And remember, as we come together and we work together, we truly are better together.